All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to our ACC breakdown for this upcoming college football season. With me today, I have The Bug, who's going to help me break down the ACC. And also, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, the ACC will only be playing a conference-only schedule with one outside non-conference. Well, I shouldn't say one outside, but one non-conference opponent that hails from the same state as that ACC team in particular. So, Bug, let's go ahead and get started. The first team up on the list is the Clemson Tigers. Last year, they went 14-1. and They were the ACC champs, but also they got beat pretty good in the national championship by Clemson. And a couple of key games that they have this season, because, of, because the schedule has now been readjusted, is they get Virginia at home. They travel to Tallahassee to play Florida State, and they also travel to South Bend to play Notre Dame. So let me start off with this question. Is there anyone that could potentially challenge them in the ACC this year? Uh, no. Clemson is uh, above everybody else right now, and uh, – yeah, Clemson. Nobody can, nobody can uh, challenge them right now. No, nobody. Okay. Not even, not even Notre Dame. And that actually, I'm glad you said that because that actually brings me to the next question: uh, Should they be worried about their trip to South Bend? Because I think we all know you can't leave the game up to the officials in South Bend. Because the last time these two played in the regular season. Not the playoff, but the regular season, it went down to the wire and Clemson pulled it out. But now it's going to be a regular season trip to South Bend. So should they be worried? Uh, no, they shouldn't be worried. If they go in there and do what they have to do or need to do, they can beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame's they're not that good. But like uh, you said, or like everybody says, you're gonna when you go to South Bend, you got to win twice. And, uh, yeah, for some reason, they uh, have the establishment in their uh, pockets, so to say. So, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And now let me ask you this. Will they avenge last year's national championship loss if we get that far? Uh, Yes. uh, Clemson can possibly win the whole. Yeah. Yes. First statement. First statement. And now we transition to the next team on this list. At seven and six, they won the military bowl last year. And that's the North Carolina Tar Heels. A couple of key games they got coming up for this season. They travel to Miami. They play Notre Dame at home. And they play at Virginia. Uh, so the first question is how much higher can Mac Brown take them in 2020? Uh as a matter of fact, they might uh, give Clemson a, a close game. They're pretty good. They got a good coach, Mac Brown, and they they played good last year. For that to be Mac Brown's, uh, I think it was his second year last his year. First year. Oh, the first year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they got a good coach. That's the, the man. The interesting thing about it too with North Carolina is in Mac Brown's first season they had 
they tied for second, actually. So they had the second best offense. It well, actually, technically, statistically, they tied for second, but they were third based off of little things. But they were the second best offense in the ACC based off of average points per game. They averaged 33 points per game. The defense right. was probably was actually the fourth best defense in the ACC. They gave up 23. Actually, technically 24 points per game. So well, see, that's where it's at right there. That's where it's at right there. They got it. The defense has got to tighten up. They got to stiffen up, tighten up, play better. Yep. That's yeah. it, right? I, I would agree. And then even as far as a rushing offense, they were they were the fourth best rushing offense. But in terms of passing the football, they were the third best offense. So it's it's they can only go up from here. So it, right, it, I would keep an eye on Mac Brown and you in North Carolina coming into twenty twenty. Right. Yep, a basketball school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the the next question here is how much better will Sam Howell be in twenty twenty? Because mind you, like I said, the passing offense was in through through thirteen games. The passing offense was the third best in the ACC. They completed two. They completed 265 passes on offense out of 431. They had seven interceptions total, but the average 285, 286 yards per game on offense passing through the air, and 39 touchdown passes. So I mean, I I like what I see. Yeah, I'll answer it, and I can, I'll say they can only go up. They can only go up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I yeah, agree. They, they can only go up. Yeah, that quarterback. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would I would ask the question of is is this the best team in the coastal? But the the thing the ACC is going to do this year is the best teams, the best two records are going to play for the ACC championship. Oh, so they're not going to uh, have the division split, right? Not this year, unfortunately. Well, that, that only makes sense. Just in case the season has got to be shortened, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which brings yeah. us now to the Louisville Cardinals. At 8-5, and five, they won the Music City Bowl <laughs> over Mississippi State. Key games for this season, they travel to Clemson. They play Florida State at home, and they also travel to Virginia. So now I gotta, I have to ask you: Will they finally find some consistency? Because if you look at it in terms of total offense and total defense, their offense ranked as the fourth best offense in the ACC, but at the same time, their defense ranked near the bottom at twelve in the ACC. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Uh, Louisville. Yeah. Oh, actually, actually, they'll, they'll, go ahead, go ahead. I think Louisville, they'll be um, slightly better than they were last year. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause if you look at it right here, this, the stats technically say as far as scoring offense and scoring defense, Louisville averaged 33 points a game, but at the same time, too, they surrendered 
33.4 points per game, which was actually the worst <laughs> in the ACC. So right. I mean, you you can't you can't win games doing stuff like that, right? So right. yes, yeah. yeah uh, I said the thing that's in their way. They it should be a pretty good game with them in Florida State. Uh, they're not going to beat Clemson. I don't think they'll beat Virginia or Virginia Tech. Yeah. Right. Do they play? Do they play Notre Dame? Yes, they do. They actually okay. they travel to South Bend because they played that, Notre Dame last year in uh, Louisville. Yeah, that's a loss. So they'll lose four or five games. Yeah. Okay. So they'll possibly be another, like right there, eight and five again. Makes sense. Right. Um, and then also now we tra- – actually, no, 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 we don't. My bad. Um, did the bowl win give them a shot in the arm that they needed? Because, mind you, they were they were 7-5 and five going into that bowl game. Next thing you know, they go up against a Mississippi State team that they weren't supposed to beat, apparently, and they go in there and just absolutely beat Mississippi State up. Mississippi State loses their coach, and – Louisville now has a shot in the arm of momentum coming into this off season. So uh, was, was that something that they needed? Yeah, it was something that they needed, but I don't think it's going to have any bearing on uh, the upcoming season. Yep. Right. Uh, have they? Do you think that they've? Do you think that they've recovered fully from the Bobby Petrino uh, fallout? Uh. I think they have recovered. Uh, that's basketball. That's not football. No, nah, Bobby Petrino had a little something to do with the two. Okay. Well, uh, um, I can't say too much at, at that one, but uh, I think Louisville will be about the same this season coming up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that now brings us to the Virginia Cavaliers. Nine and five last year. They lost the Orange Bowl to Florida. The key games for this season, they get UNC at home. They have to travel to Clemson and they have to travel to Virginia Tech. I watched that game against Florida. Florida played circles around them. Florida let up a little bit, let them get back in the game. And then Florida poured it on again enough to win the game. Uh, I tell you what, Virginia Cavaliers, they got to get some speed on that team. They are slow. In the yeah, scheme that... of things, in the scheme of all things, they are slow. I mean, like rock slow. If they had had some better moving guys on defense, like they do in the SEC, they could have made Florida, uh, they could have made it a better situation. But Florida just played with them. Florida knew they were going to make plays and win that game. Virginia, they look good. That's because Florida let them look good. But Florida was good enough to run circles around them and win the game. Florida could have blew them out. But I guess the coach, uh, he wanted to – He more than likely what was going on is he wanted to take a look at what he's got coming back for this year. So that's probably what happened in that late 
third quarter, early fourth quarter of that game. So yeah, but they ran they ran circles around uh, Virginia. So yeah, <laughs> hmm. yeah. So would you say? Well, they've also lost their quarterback Bryce Perkins. But would you say that this is a team that could potentially upset Clemson? Because I'll always I'll say there is always that one school. There's always that one. Yeah, you, you know what? Back in the day, Florida State used to have trouble with uh, who is it? North Carolina State. Even it didn't matter where they played at at Doak or in uh, North Carolina. North Carolina State, yeah. Florida State. They used to get Florida but, State, and Florida State could be on the top of their game. And just when they played this team, they had a tough time for some reason. Yeah. So could yeah. that happen with Clemson and Virginia this year? It it could happen. I tell you, the team that gives uh, Clemson trouble, and that's uh, Syracuse. Syracuse. We'll get. We'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get to Syracuse. Okay. We'll get yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Do you think Virginia could repeat as well? I can't really say top dog in the coastal, but do you think Virginia could potentially come out of the ACC with the second best record and potentially no. get back to the ACC championship? Uh, maybe, maybe, but North Carolina is going to be good too. And I think they'll be better than Virginia. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, I, I could buy, I could buy into that. And that now brings us to the team from Tallahassee, Florida state last year, they went six and seven. They lost the sun bowl to, uh, to Arizona State, they fired Willie Taggart. Thank God, smartest move they made in the past couple of years after letting Jimbo Fisher leave. Um, key games include Clemson at home. They have to travel down to Miami to play the Hurricanes, and they also have to travel to Notre Dame again, which I don't that I don't understand how that makes sense because they already played Notre Dame back in 2018 and went to South Bend. So Notre Dame should have to come to Tallahassee. But what did that you say? Know, you know how that works. What did I say? Notre Dame's got the establishment in their pocket. Okay. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And I've, I've something interesting to share about Notre Dame once we get down to Miami. But that's that's for my that's for the part when we get there. Um, how much of a difference does Mike Norvell make in year one? Because from what I'm seeing, I, he looks more promising than Willie Taggart. He looks way more promising. I'm more promising than Willie Taggart. But anyway, I think Florida State, they'll get another bowl game, and I think they'll uh, win maybe one more game than they won last year. Florida State is on the upswing. They'll be okay. It's just a different flavor at a lot of flavor school. That's all. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. Uh, So – the next thing I'm wondering too is uh, how, or not really how, but who do they start at quarterback? Because a lot of people are clamoring for uh, for James Blackman to start, and I look, I understand some people want to see James Blackman start, but the the thing is, James Blackman just he's a good like he's a good he's a good quarterback to have on roster, but I wouldn't. After what I've seen, I just I, I wouldn't start him. Me, I don't feel I like would, he's I don't feel I like would, he's like the 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 one. 
No, he's not the one. What they need to do is train up somebody who wants to do it. They need to get a good quarterback. I'm sure they got quarterbacks in the stable, but what they need to do is just bring them on up. Bring up yeah. whoever's gonna whoever's gonna show that oomph. Just bring him on up and let him uh, you know, yeah. He the good he got caught up in all of that stuff with uh Way with uh, Francois after with Francois, Francois towards it. Yeah, Francois, and then uh, the coach left. Then they brought uh, Milk Dud in, and then, you know. Um, <laughs> Called him yeah, Milk Dud. <laughs> yeah, Milk Dud. Yeah, they brought him in, and he got caught up in all of that, you know. Yeah, I, I don't I – th- I think the uh... – there's a there's a thing I hate to I hate to say this for Florida State fans because I know some don't want to mention his name but there there's one thing that, that Jimbo Fisher did say about putting a kid in the, putting a kid in the game too soon and that's if you put him in too soon or out of nowhere like that you could kind of ruin the quarterback's growth right. and I kind of believe that that's probably a little bit of what happened with James Blackman. But outside of that, the other kid that I'm looking at here is their freshman, Chuba Purdy, who's going to be a true freshman this coming year. He's out of Queen Creek, Arizona. He's one of the kids that immediately flipped from Louisville to Florida State early in the signing period after, Nor- like, as soon as Nor- Mike Norvell came came over. And then also, too, they've got Jordan Travis, who's a pretty competent runner. Right. So, I mean, and then um, also the Georgia product. Uh, Tate Roadmaker. So I mean, they've they've got their options that it could present a challenge to James Blackman. Yeah, they should uh, train up a new quarterback. Let whoever's the best one in the stable, because James Blackman can't handle pressure either. They gotta uh, when they practice, they gotta work on pressure situations and stuff. And they gotta right. uh, let yeah, James Blackman ain't gonna get it done. He can come off the bench and maybe run a few plays that he uh, he's uh, uh, you know comfortable with, and he can make something happen with his favorite plays. You know, if that situation presents itself for his favorite play or plays, then yeah, you know, bring him on in. But as far as starting, I wouldn't start him. He just he just got caught up in behind milk dud. So yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Call him milk dud. It's so funny. Yeah. But he is. <laughs> but now that brings us to the Syracuse orange last season. They went five and seven, which was very, very surprising. Cause they had actually, they had actually like did very well. I believe that they, they had won 10 games in 2018, but now 2019, they, they had won five games, so it was just a huge drop-off. Right. So key games coming up for Syracuse this season. They traveled to Clemson, and mind you, like you were saying, like we both said, Clem- Syracuse does tend to give Clemson a hard time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then also, too, they tr- they go to UNC, and they go to Pitt. So my first question is, you know, what, what happened? What happened to Syracuse? Uh. Mm. Syracuse, they they uh, for some reason they're not getting the athletes everybody else is that everybody else gets. You know, that's that's what I see uh, with Syracuse not getting the same athlete or as good an athlete. They're getting like uh, maybe 
Syracuse athletes, they're missing something. Something they're missing. I, I can't I can't quite pinpoint it, but they uh I don't know. I guess it's probably they, just the it probably it's probably just the preparation. Or they yeah, probably yeah. were other guys are probably just too young this past year. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it too. But it looks like they don't have the they, I mean, they—they're—they're they're football players, but it's like they're—it's like they're missing something. It's been that way for like the last four years at Syracuse. Well, well I mean, you but, can't but say you can't. But they—but they'll fight Clemson though for some reason. Wait, you mean you can't say that it's been like that the past couple of years though? Because I mean, they—they they won ten games last year. Yeah, yeah, but then they don't have the uh, get over the hump ability, you know. No, get over the hump ability. Yeah. Okay, now that I can understand. And then they 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 not really attracting anything uh, their way too. You know, it's I don't know. Syracuse is like a tire losing air going down the street or on the highway. You know. Okay. They got to pull in somewhere to get some help or something. Okay. But you know well, what though? Because of and then too, because of that basketball thing, they might um give Notre Dame a go and you know they're gonna give uh Clemson a go. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. The, the the interesting thing about it is they had like a middle of the road defense. I mean no, middle of the road and total offense, my fault. They were they were seventh in the ACC in total offense. They averaged three three hundred and ninety four yards. Or 395 yards per game, but right. at the same time, too, the defense surrendered 464 yards of total offense per game. So that put them at 13th as the 13th best defense out of 14 in the ACC. So it's it, it's got to be it's got to even itself out somewhere. So it's, we know now the defense definitely has to pick up. In order for them to have a chance, especially if they're going to travel to Clemson this year and even present some type of a threat. Look out, man. I tell you, Syracuse is the one for Clemson. I tell you. Clemson, okay. Yeah, Clemson, they, they, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but they have it for Clemson. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that Dino Babers might have been a one-year wonder in 2018, though? Uh, we'll see. We'll have to see. We'll just yeah. have to see. Yeah. Yeah. And that now brings us to the Pittsburgh Panthers. Last year, they went 8-5. and five. They won the quick lane bowl. Key games coming up this season for Pitt, Notre Dame, at Clemson and at Florida State. This is actually the first time that Pitt is going to play Florida State since the Jameis Winston debut. So finally, wow. we get to see Pitt and Florida State on the field together again. Uh, how important is it that they reestablish the run game? Because based off of the statistics here, yards per game, Pitt was 12th in the ACC with 129 yards per game. That yeah, that was twelfth out of fourteen. Wow, they're gonna have to do something. Uh, yeah, they're gonna have to uh, establish a running game. Yeah, uh, they need especially 
because uh, if you're just chucking the ball all the time, that's no good. Yeah. Yeah, and that's then if you help. if you kind of think about it right here, if you look at it, I kind of see you, and this leads to the next question. Will Kenny Pickett improve on his 13 TDs and nine interceptions? But the best way now that I look at this to do that is you have to improve the running game. Because if you're throwing the football that much, you're going to have nine interceptions if you can't rely on your run game. And mind yeah, you're going to have Pitt, a lot of interceptions. Yep. And mind you, Pitt's offense, their passing offense, ranked sixth in the ACC with right. 251.8, 250, well, ah, basically 252 yards per game. So right. Pittsburgh has potential. I think it's just a matter of establishing a run game to help out this passing offense and allowing this passing offense to get better. So I think, I think it's possible. It's there. It's going to come down to how well is he coached up in training camp leading up to the season. And right. that, that'll dictate how if, if Pittsburgh can maybe win, maybe I want to say two more games and build off of eight and five. Right. Yeah. I think it's uh I think a lot of those ACC teams they're going to play Notre Dame tough. You know, they just because of the coronavirus, Notre Dame has got to play everybody in the conference or they got to face the whole conference. They can't go jumping across the country, you know, mm-hmm. playing UCLA and USC people who are Playing but teams. we 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 we'll get to we'll get to Notre Dame we'll get to Notre yeah, I Dame. Yeah, I can't wait to get to Notre Dame. We'll get. I know. Career. I know you can't. Uh, and next on the list is Virginia Tech, the Hokies. Last year they went eight and five. They lost the Belk Bowl. Key games this year. They play Miami at home. They travel to North Carolina, and they get Virginia at home as well for the rivalry game. So uh, I gotta gotta ask, what's it gonna take for them to? Well, then again, there's no coastal this year technically. What's it gonna take for them to get back to their top form? I should say, because there was a time yeah, when yeah. Virginia Tech was kind of yeah, just. <clears throat> what I was gonna say is defense. They have always been a good defensive team, always. But that was back when they had uh, what was the coach uh, Beamer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank yeah, Beamer. Yeah, they yeah they was. Uh, it was always good on defense, Virginia Tech. They, that's what they got to get back to, uh, Virginia fourth. Tech. Uh, I give them – Fourth yeah, best total defense I, last uh, season. Oh, oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. They, they, they play, see, they play defense and they have a lot – they have some guys who will punish you all the time. Every year they have a physical defense. Yeah. Because that's where, you know, that's where Camp Chancellor went. Right. Right. But see, the thing is, what's lacking, sort of, it, it can get better. The offense, and yeah, I mean, Michael, it's just. A, Michael Vick's not coming back. <laughs> offense only averaged 385 yards of total right. offense last season. So, I mean, it, right. it's got to, it's got to, it's not, it's not bad, but it could right. be better. But, but I mean, then, it's just, you got to look at the you, offensive explosion around the conference. Right, yeah, yeah, but if you want to watch uh, some good physical football, watch Virginia Tech. They will hit you. 
That's a, I, I like watching their defense all the time. Virginia Tech will hit you, and they have some of they now they have like a, a lot of guys on their team that pass the eye test, you know. And then, yeah, they pass the eye test, and they're especially on the defense, they will hit you, always have, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Could 2020 be a surprise year? Uh, no, I don't know about all that. But I think they could uh they could win nine, ten games. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Uh what what do you think made Justin Fuente stay at Virginia Tech rather than leave for Baylor? Because Baylor had actually recruited Justin Fuente to come over and coach Baylor. I think he I, I just don't think he was swayed by the high potent offenses in the Big Twelve. I think he kind of wanted to just stay at Virginia Tech and build up his own foundation and probably right. keep and- keep going what Frank Beamer had built. Yeah, and that's a good place to do it on the East Coast. East Coast and the South. Yep. That's right. ACC. It's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. Hey, well, ACC, SEC, you know, we, we don't have to say anymore. But, right. uh, yeah. But, and that, uh, yeah. Oh, that brings us place. now to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Last year, they went 8-5. and five. They lost the Pinstripe Bowl. Key games for them this season. They get Notre Dame at home. They travel to UNC, and they also play Clemson. So now, right. how big of a loss is losing Jamie Newman? Because now Jamie Newman is transferred to Georgia. So, how, how do you replace Jamie Newman? Uh, you don't. Because, yeah. Makes sense because I was going to say that's you just read. Hopefully, they can reload at at that particular position. You know what I mean? Just uh, reload. That was the second best passing offense in the ACC last year. They they were they 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 averaged the same amount of yards per game as Clemson with two hundred and eighty eight point three yards. Right. But just little things here and there make them the second best offense, like the completion rate, the completion attempts, and also the interceptions. That's what makes them the second best. So they had 31 TDs and and 13 interceptions. So this was the second best passing offense in the ACC. So now it's just a significant drop off with Jamie Newman. Notre Dame. You and Notre Dame. Yes, they played. They played. They played Notre Dame at Wake Forest, (laughs) but you gotta remember they don't have Jamie Newman anymore. Yeah, and another thing too, that's Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so would you say that they are a sleeper in the Atlantic? Because if they can find Jamie Newman's replacement, and with those numbers on offense, they could they could do some damage. I really don't see them doing any more than they did last year. They might win one more game or lose one more. They're like a tweener, a tweener as far as improving. Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. And that now brings us to the Miami Hurricanes. Last year, they went six and seven. They lost the Independence Bowl. Key games this season. They play North Carolina. They play Virginia. And they play Florida State, all three of them at home. Right, the funny part right. about it is they, they and they also get the they also play they play Clemson in 
Clemson, but Notre Dame is not on the schedule for Miami. Is that right? You got to be kidding me. I was very shocked. I because I was thinking yeah, to myself. I figured. I figured when the ACC made made Notre Dame uh, a, a team that was going to be able to play for the conference title, they would have definitely paired up Miami and Notre Dame. I didn't care where it was going to be, either. This was the game I didn't care where it was going to be, but right. I figured maybe they'll make it happen some way somehow. But they did not pair Miami with Notre Dame. I, I guess it's because. They know what Miami could possibly be this season with the Miami's defense being one of the better defenses. Like, for instance, as far as total defense, Miami has the number two total defense in the ACC behind Clemson. Right, right. Offense is another story. But let me go ahead and dive into this. Is Manny Diaz all hype? Who, the uh, guy that left uh, Mississippi State? Yeah, the head coach. Yeah, I think he's all right. I think he's pretty good. I think Miami's going to be all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Miami he, will be okay. Right. Yep. I would agree. I think he just needs time to establish himself. But I think he'll be okay. I, plus, he's where right. he wants to be. Right. Uh, right. Are the Are the offensive line issues fixed? Because, like I stated earlier, Miami had the 12th best offense in the ACC as far as total offense goes. They – had 357 yards of total offense that put him at 12 out of 14. But at the same time, too, I think you remember, if you know, if you watched when they played Florida to start the year off last year, they gave up a ton of sacks. I think that the coach, he's going to tighten them up. They'll be okay. They will definitely be okay. He'll, uh, he's got his, uh, He's got his ideal job. He's right where he wants to be, and I think he's gonna uh, he'll he'll uh, patch him up. They'll be. I think Miami might even uh, they might win eleven games. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Miami. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. when you say eleven games, mind you, the ACC is playing ten games this season oh, on okay, top well, of hold yeah. on, on top of one non-conference game and then they play the ACC championship so i mean okay you, i i see what you're saying okay i'm going to give them nine games yeah okay okay yeah all right so now this is the question that everybody's been asking me on twitter that i've gotten a couple times what's it going to take for miami to get back to national prominence uh, and stay there. Offense, and they got to get some of that swag back. Uh, and they, yeah, Miami. Oh, this is it right here. Look, I guess ain't nobody going down there now recruiting because of coronavirus. But the rest of the world in college football has taken all the guys from. Miami, and everybody's going to other places now. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like back in the day when Florida State, Florida, and Miami took all the African American guys that used to go to FAMU and Bethune Cookman. You know, it's sort of like that, but now. 
if the rest of the country invading Central and South Florida, taking all the good athletes, all the good skilled guys, they are at other places. And a lot of them, if you pay attention, they're in the Southeastern Conference. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot of it has to do with Nick Saban's dominance at Alabama. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it, yeah. But that's what's going on. Yeah, they know if you want a good running back, you want a good wide receiver, even quarterback, you know, where do you go? Who was the most the most valuable player in the NFL? Where is he from? He's from down, he's from down there in South Florida. That's right. Need I say more? So yeah, so that's what's going on. And he went to Louisville. He left Miami or the Miami Hurricane area and went to Louisville. So there you go. I mean, that's what's going on. Miami's not getting that because those guys, that type of thing when Miami first bust on the scene back in the day, it was, uh, you know, those guys were overlooked and uh, thought to be a waste of time. But, you know. Well, I wouldn't say they were overlooked now, but. I'm talking about back in, they were overlooked because it was just, I'm talking about when it just got started. When it was got started, they were overlooked and thought to be a waste of time when they were probably the best football. Well, they were the best crop of football players that America's ever seen. So come on. Of course they were overlooked. Okay. Or thought to be troublemakers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now we transition on to Boston College. Last year they went six and seven. They lost the Birmingham Bowl. Key games for this season. I think this one's kind of a rivalry, but they play Notre Dame, and then they also play at Clemson, and they play North Carolina. So now, how do they replace Anthony Brown? Because Anthony Brown now has transferred out, and he's transferred to Oregon, where he will now replace Justin Herbert. And as 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 Boston College's quarterback didn't really make much of a difference as far as their passing offense because their passing offense was 13th, 13th in the ACC. And then rushing the football, he made a world of difference along with the running backs in the backfield because Boston College's off rushing offense was one of the best because they averaged 253 yards per game. As an as a rushing as a rushing attack, so I mean, I, I guess he won't be missed as a passer, but he'll be missed in the the running game. Right, right. Uh, Boston College, to me, I'm going to sum them up in just a very few words. Well, really, one word: boring. Okay. And that's it. That's all I have to say about Boston College. I don't mean to sound bad or whatever, but Boston College is boring. Even if they're playing Florida State or Clemson, I can't even watch it. They're just boring. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. Understandable. Well, let me ask right. you this if, before we move on. How will Jeff Halfley fare in year one 
And is he ready after being the co-defensive coordinator and the secondary coach at Ohio State? Because uh, now you mind so, you, he's okay. going to bring the he's going to bring that Ohio State type of discipline that Urban Meyer had and Ryan Day had. He's going to bring that to Boston College. And it's still going to be boring. That'll make them even worse. They are boring. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Boring. Boston College. Yeah. It, 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 it's going to be no improvement. It's no improvement. Okay. And now that brings us to Georgia Tech, the team out of Atlanta. Last year they went three and nine. Very disappointing. I think that was like the first year they didn't run the option down there at Georgia Tech. Uh, the key games this year, they get Notre Dame at home, they get Clemson at home, and they get Florida State at home. So wow. it's kind of a chance to really make a statement for Georgia Tech with three big games like that all at home. It's a chance right. to make a statement. Yes. if they can, uh, You know what? If they could win those three games, they should just sail, right? They should just – Take their, I mean, you not literally, but if they win those three games, they could probably be like, uh, take their foot off the gas, you know. <laughs> do they have North Carolina? Do they have North Carolina? I believe they do. Okay, so they got, you know, this is going to be interesting for Georgia Tech, but they still should have kept running at some of that wishbone, you know. They still should have kept that offense in there, that running shoot. That old-fashioned right. running shoot formation, yeah, they right. should have kept that. Yeah, oh yeah, oh. Because if if you look at the total offense, Georgia Tech was the worst in the league last year. Right. Two hundred ninety-four, two hundred ninety-five yards of total offense average right. per game from Georgia Tech. So I mean, it's it's got to it's got to get better. And then yeah, on the defensive side, they didn't even do that well with sacks. They they finished last in the ACC with with sacks. Right. They finished they finished twelfth in the ACC with interceptions. So you know, like it's just it wasn't it wasn't pretty. So it's just it's a, a lot's got to get better. Right. Right. Even their even their scoring defense wasn't that good. They they were twelfth. They were twelfth there. They averaged right. sixteen points a, seventeen points a game. Wow, in today's wide open stuff, it's good to have it. But if they could have, you know, just ran that uh ran that, that wishbone that out of that run and shoot, man, if they they, they should have kept that, man. Because they were killing people with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think it's gonna take a little bit of time to get well adjusted to it. Cause now you're you're yeah. you're you're taking players that were recruited for that offense and you're sticking yeah. them into yeah. a new offense. So it's, right. it takes time to adjust. So I think yeah. once you give them time and let them kind of grasp an understanding of it, they'll be yeah. okay. Yeah, a lot of those guys, see, they were in that frame of mind. They were jawbone to jawbone. Now they're, you know, dropping back, doing pass protection and stuff. So, yeah, that's a, that's a switch. That's a change. Even in their um, passing games, they were in run formations and block like uh, 
they were going to run the ball, but they passed the ball. So, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Georgia Tech should have kept kept that, you know. They should have stayed with it, you know, because that mm-hmm. is that's how you close out a football game. You know, if you can run the ball, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be willing to bet you it was some games. I didn't watch them that close last year, but I'll be willing to bet you it was some games last year that showed or or demonstrated if they'd had some kind of running game, they would have won because they would have finished it off. A running game can finish it off, you know. You know, you get one of them like third and four, third and three, and it's late in the game, like two minutes to go, a, a minute and a half to go. And if you can run the ball, man, you can end the game, you know. Yeah, you know, but. Uh, right. And yeah. speaking, I'm, I'm actually glad that you said that because when you look at some of these scores with some of Georgia Tech's games, you kind of think, wow, they could have probably won maybe one or two more than probably been. Like they kind of probably got to five wins. Like, like they they lost to the Citadel by three. Oh my couple goodness! Of power, a couple power run plays. They win that game, maybe. Yeah. And then they you think they 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 could have won? How many? You you said they won three. They, they only won three won, games. They could have at least won four more games if they had a running game. Yeah. E. E. Yeah. A running yeah, game. Probably. If you can, yeah. if you run, you can wear somebody down. If they'd have yeah. an established passing game, probably too. But yeah, I mean, even too, they lost to Pitt by ten points. Obviously, it wasn't a the passing game wasn't too established. <laughs> they only won three games, so right. Know. But uh, yeah, but now let me. Let, this is an interesting one. How does the change of system help sway recruits to come in? Because now, you know, some recruits don't want to run that wing T type offense. They don't want to necessarily go jawbone to jawbone. Recruits want to see the the flashy stuff on offense. So how does switching from that kind of sway recruits to come to Georgia Tech and play football? Well, this is it right here. This is all of it in a nutshell for Georgia Tech and whoever they're trying to recruit. Look, to get into Georgia Tech, you got to be a good student. You got to have a heck of a grade point average coming out of high school anyway. And there's a lot of guys that just don't meet that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, yeah. So, there you have it there in a nutshell. You're only going to get a few guys that can do football and maintain that uh, – curriculum at Georgia Tech. Point blank, simple, there you have it. You know, you got to be a good student to stay at Georgia Tech. So that's it. That's part of it. Well, a major part of it. So, okay, so that eliminates what? That eliminates at least out of 100 guys going out for your football team, that eliminates half of them right there. So, okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and they figure they figure. Well, I better go to, I better go somewhere. I better go to Georgia. I better go to Florida. You know, because you got a uh, Georgia Tech man. You, you know, that's an engineering school. 
Well, it was back when I was around, when I was younger. It is. It, it still is. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. And now we transition to the Wolf Pack from North Carolina State. Last year, they went four and eight. Key games coming up this season. They play Florida State at home. They play at Virginia Tech, and they play at North Carolina. How much better will the defense be after allowing 255 yards per game? And in terms of that, with the total defense that allowed that much yards, uh, yeah, NC State. Actually, no, NC State averaged on defense, like defensively, they gave up more than that. Wait, hold on. Stay with me here. Yeah, they actually gave up more than that. They gave up 398.9 yards as far as total defense goes. So how do you improve on that? Uh, recruiting. You got to go out and recruit and get some players, man. Right. That's what they got to do. Because, I mean, they, they had already – they lost the, one of their star players into the NFL with Bradley Chubb being gone to Denver now. So right. that's, that kind of explains it right there. Yeah, you got to get out. Whoever's recruiting or recruiting's not a, a big thing or something, something's going on. But you got to get out and recruit, man. You got places, there's football places. You got to uh, go and get that uh, – that guy, uh, that he's a top guy, but for some reason he, they didn't pick him. And you got those type of guys in the state of Texas, Louisiana, not to mention Florida and Alabama. So, hey, you got to go out and recruit, man. You got to get those guys that uh, were supposed to go big but didn't go big. You got to recruit, man. That's a, That's really a main thing with people like Syracuse, and North Carolina State, uh, Wake Forest is a school like uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, you got to have a good grade point average. Then you got Duke and North Carolina, too. You got to be uh, in those books. You got to have a grade point average for those schools. But, uh, yeah, you got to go recruit, man. That's what they got to do. They're probably uh, having a scotch and – Gin when they should be out recruiting, you know, that mm. type of thing. Yeah. But I think that the whole recruiting phase of it kind of explains to, you know, how do you bring back nasty to their defensive line? Like when they had Bradley Chubb, you, you got to get out and go recruit. You yeah. You got to go and recruit, man. Yeah. And the people out there, you just got to go and uh, get those guys, you know, for some reason or another, you got to get that guy for some reason or another who he was supposed to be, what do you call him, a five-star, four-star type of guy. You know, he is a four-star, five-star type of guy, but for some reason he got passed over. Those are, You got to go do the cleanup job, you know. You got to go get those guys. The you guys with I mean? the net, the guys that have an edge to them. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean – that's the difference between um, like LSU and Alabama over everybody else in the SEC. Uh, that's the difference. They, in, that's the difference in Clemson and everybody else in the ACC. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to go out and uh, get that. And then 
yeah, you got to go out and get somebody, you know, you got to go and scrape them up, you know? Yeah. But, you know. And I think that that kind of, and then I think also too, with the offensive line, you know, had that kind of will speak to their improvement as far as total offense too, because NC state had the 11th, they were ranked, they ranked 11th in total offense in the ACC last year with 380 yards. So I think, you know, if, if they can get their offensive line together, their offensive line will be the reason that the whole offense can improve. Right. Right. But I digress. As we now transition to the Duke Blue Devils, last year they went five and seven. This is David Cutcliffe's squad. They get North Carolina in the annual rivalry. They get them in Durham this year. And also, too, they get Notre Dame at home. Oh, no, no. They travel to Notre Dame this year. And they also get a road trip to Virginia. So, first question is, how does Duke bounce back from a 5-7 and seven season? They don't. Same thing that I was saying. Duke, uh, they have to go out and get people, you know? All these uh, good years and then four years of bad years and then one good year or two good years and then they fall off three or four bad years, five bad years. You just got to go recruit, man, you know. I was going to say their their peaks seem to have been 2013. Yeah, they got to go and talk to Mike Shashinsky as far as how to get the best guy as far as recruiting. And uh, that's what they need to do. They need to talk to the basketball coach. Hey, what's your formula? What's your secret? You know, that's what they need to do. Because yeah. uh, some of some of these teams, they just uh, – and then again, Duke may p- be putting all their resources into basketball, you know. So, it probably you know. is what it is. That probably is what's yeah. going on. Because if you look at this too, um, Duke ranked 13th in total offense last year with 330 uh-huh. yards – of total offense in general. Uh, And then as far as rushing offense goes, they were ninth. They ran the ball pretty well. They had 150 yards. But when it came to passing the football, Duke was 12th. So, you know, that that kind of equates it out. Right. And you, you don't have a good product on offense. And then on defense, they were seventh in total defense. They only averaged as a defense 307. Well, they gave up 379 or 380 yards per game. Good so, I mean, grief. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. You, that's what you have to do. You have to go and find these kids. They're out there. I mean, you know, I mean, but you can't be uh, stupid about it either, you know. You have to go out and get those kids. They are out there. Trust me. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot of kids on all levels of ability that are passed over or not even considered. I'll be willing to bet you your best guy in the whole country is probably playing somewhere that he shouldn't be playing or in a lower conference or something like that because maybe something the kid did or maybe something happened 
you know, uh, could have been late SAT scores, ACT score, you know, could have been anything. But, uh, yeah. Right. So that means a lot of people, you know, they're not uh, they're not uh, digging for gold. Uh, you know, that's what you got to do, man. Mm-hmm. Those kids are out there. Can't right. say they're not. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. now brings us to the last and final team on this list. The one you've been waiting for all day. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Last oh, year... Boy. Last year they went eleven and two. They won the Camping World Bowl, and key games coming up this season because this also means no USC, no Michigan for them. But instead, now they follow the ACC slate that was given to them. They play Clemson in South Bend. They play at UNC, and they get Louisville at home too. And then as also as well. Florida State has to come to South Bend as well. Uh, interesting thing about Notre Dame, and I know I know you're not going to want to hear this. You're not going to like this. Notre Dame since 2010 is actually 31 and 10 against the ACC. A couple of key losses that they've suffered is you know 2014 to Florida State. They've gotten manhandled. They got manhandled by Clemson in the playoff. They got beaten by Clemson in a close game in Death Valley a couple of years ago. And then, and then they got destroyed by Miami in a Saturday night game down in Miami Gardens. So those are four of my of Notre Dame's ten losses, or yeah, four of Notre Dame's ten losses since 2010 to these ACC teams. But I'm so I mean AC, I mean, Notre Dame's got a good track record against right. the ACC. So I'm, I it, it kind of makes sense that a, a lot of people are starting to pick Notre Dame to be one of the top two teams to make it to the ACC championship because remember the ACC is not following the coastal and Atlantic uh, division uh, set up anymore for this year. They're, they're just going to take the two best teams. Well, I'm going to say this with all the cheating that goes on for Notre Dame, I guess Clemson's going to have to beat them twice. Hmm. Right. Think about and- it. Does does this improve Notre Dame's playoff chances with them uh, no, now finally being in a conference? Uh, no, because they're in a conference. They're in, a, I think, all around a tougher conference than flying all around the country and playing somebody that – or have them come in there and play them that, uh, you know, going to play USC, UCLA. I mean, like I always say, me and you, we could beat those teams. Um who else? Uh, you know, they they fly around, and I don't want this to sound like I'm fabricating stuff, but Notre Dame is they are the armpit of college football, you ask me. And then on top of that, another thing, that's why I'm the bug and I'm the trivia guy. Uh, back in the day, this was before I was born, they gave the Heisman Trophy to Paul Hornan, when all the people who remember this or who's around, they should have gave the Heisman Trophy to Jim Brown, but they gave it to Notre Dame's Paul Hornan when Jim Brown was the superior football player in college that year. So, I mean, there's no way I can ever say too many good things about Notre Dame. 
you know. So that sums it up for me as far as the fight in Irish and Notre Dame. They have the establishment in their pockets. So, mm. and that's that. I think that that's you and probably 90% of college football fans across the country. The other 10% being Notre Dame fans are really 90, you and 95% of college football fans a lot all over the place. And then the other 5% is Notre Dame fans, but I, I would agree with that. I would agree. Um, will will the will the move to the ACC this temporary move impact their future as far as remaining an independent? Say what now? Do you think that this? Do you think that this will impact their future as far as remaining an independent? Because mind you, this is only for this year. So say twenty twenty one comes around, we have a vaccine. Hopefully, God willing. Notre Dame will go back to being an independent, or do you think Notre Dame should just stay in the ACC? Notre Dame's going to have it however they want it, okay? They're going to have it however they want it, yeah. So if they want to be in the ACC, they will be. If they want to remain like they were or like they was, then they're going to do that. They can do that too. But it's going to be whichever one brings them the most money, yeah. Okay. And now that we've completed this and we're through all the teams, I have to ask you, who's your or what is your ACC championship prediction for this year? Mind you, there's no there's no divisions. There's no divisions. So the like best I, two records. Like I said, Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame twice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, actually, I, I would agree with that. And yeah. I'm actually going to go in the same direction. I think yeah. Notre Dame's track record against the ACC this year kind of will speak for itself. Notre Dame, they, you know, they get Clemson. I think, no, I think the first time they play each other, I think Notre Dame will get Clemson because it is in South Bend. But the second time they play, Clemson will be out for revenge. And Clemson will probably get Notre Dame in the ACC championship game when it matters most. And plus, the other thing, too, is I just don't see how maybe outside of Clemson, maybe UNC, the trip to UNC will be tough for them. Right. But I don't really see anybody else really standing up to Notre Dame yet. Florida State usually would be the other team that you could rely on, but I don't see it happening in the first year of Mike Norvell. Maybe year two or three, Florida State will be back. But, you know, um, yeah, I got to go with Clemson and Notre Dame as well. Yeah, Clemson will beat them twice. Okay. I'm going to say Clemson will beat them in the championship. Clemson going to beat them in the regular season and in the championship, okay? Clemson will have to beat Notre Dame twice, and that will settle it, Yeah, which they will do. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, for, and that's going to – bring it to an end that's the end of our acc preseason breakdown i hope you all have enjoyed this episode as well make sure you like share and subscribe on our youtube channel down there at the bottom um make sure you follow us on instagram at throw flags make sure you follow us on facebook and twitter at penalty talk make sure you follow us on spotify and listen to these videos and our podcasts and our breakdowns And as always, uh, stay safe, stay blessed, and we will see you on the next breakdown episode.